Hello and welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share first-hand experiences on making mobile interactions work. I'm Chris and I'm part of the team here at Tintech. On today's episode, we have the conclusion of our conversation with Zdenek Nimic. So here is part two of our conversation with Zdenek. Take it away, Gene. Welcome back to the show, Z. In our previous episode, we talked about what new future can be had with the autonomous API. And it, it was more of an experience end of it, um, how the end users experience it, how business will uh, benefit. Now, I would love you to just delve deeper into the back end. You know, one needs to understand what's going on today, really. There is, and I mentioned it in this previous part, there is this tension between providers and consumers of the capabilities. Because, uh, you know, up until recently, it it felt like the providers have the upper hand and the consumers have to do basically and endure whatever the providers throw at them, right? They, they decide to change their APIs. They decide to take something away. For example, Twitter and Facebook were notorious for their API changes, breaking the, the, the clients that were built for them. But the same is, you know, within the enterprises, I've seen so many emails that goes like, oh, we changed this API, please change your, well, not even more, please, like change your API clients or your stuff is broken, right? So this, this was really uh, consumers being at the mercy of the providers, external or internal within, within the enterprise. And that, of course, you know, creates some, some tensions. And that's what uh, we need to, you know, look at and what we need to uh, tend to, because right now this was really not healthy relationships. Besides, the consumers, they want to do some stuff. They have some business tasks to do with their, you know, application. They don't really want to spend days and, and months, you know, understanding why you send this JSON like that or why you did technicality like this and this and that way, right? That's not their, that's not their problem. And so we need to help both parties to, uh, you know, on one way, find and consume APIs. And on the other hand, to just make it as easy as possible to, to share your capabilities as an organization with the outside world or within your organization. And how about the provider side of this? How, how would they, their days will be different? Again, I think this will help providers to provide what they want, like what, what's their, what they are the capabilities. I, like I was thinking about why, where is the best you know, use for this autonomy? And there are many industries, but one of them might be also uh, a domain where it's a, a, a quite a low tech knowledge. Like uh, you, you, don't, you don't have your developers, you don't have your big IT teams and you just want to provide something digitally. And the analogy I really like about APIs is uh, analogy to the websites, right? When like 20 years ago, people were asking, hey, should I have a website? you know and today you are like oh you have some you have business how you can ask to you know not how you can even think about not having a website if you have a business so if you have a business if aka if you are a provider capabilities again this might be internally in inside an enterprise it doesn't have to be external api if you have some capability you want to provide out you know you probably want to build a website for it or an api so you can tap digitally on it 
And as with websites, you know, you remember who uh, a webmaster was? Do we have webmasters today? You know, it's, it's like we made websites so much easier to use and develop and, and serve uh, to provide your, or advertise your businesses, your business capabilities. And we are going to do the same with APIs, similar to websites. So we will make it so much simpler for providers to, you know, go out, provide their capabilities and, and uh, capitalize on what they have. And I'm going to be, I don't know, oversimplifying and say this to you. It sounds like somehow at least the enterprises are really like outsourcing the complexity so that they don't have to deal with. So we talked about the both ends of the spectrum. So now tell me a little bit about what problem you're trying to solve when you go right into the autonomous API itself. What do you have to do? I actually, uh, very excellent question. But I, let me address first this part on outsourcing the complexity. Yes, they are doing it and it's backfiring on them. Because in an industry where you have multiple enterprises and they quote unquote outsource the complexity, they leave the consumer, their customers to deal with that, then you start you know, to see the pattern uh, with aggregators emerging. For example, in the logistic industry, you have a lot of logistic companies, right? You have, uh, you, know, you all know the names like FedEx, UPS, DHL, and local companies and whatnot. And they together expose so much complexity to the outside or to com- consumers who just wanted to track my uh, parcel or, or, or ship my parcel. So it was no longer bearable for you if you build an e-shop and you want to ship in Vietnam and, 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 and Europe and US to integrate with all those complexity. That, that just didn't work. So we started to seeing these aggregators in these industries, right? So a company comes, they integrate, I call it harmonize the other enterprises APIs. They hide away the complexity. They make it nice and easy. And that's all their added value. And we are seeing, you know, 100 of harmonizers, aggregators only in logistics. We are seeing them in banking. We are seeing them, uh, seeing them in travel. In all the, you know, domains you look at that are having some APIs public out there, you start to seeing these aggregators because the complexity uh, that these enterprises gave out was just, you know, people were not like, or companies, other companies were not accepting it. So, and that's backfiring back on those enterprises because now they are losing the touch with those customers. Are they really there if they are going to the aggregator and not directly to that enterprise, right? So it's, 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 uh, it, it didn't work out well, I would say, you know, so that's, the first part of your question. The second, what it needs to be done uh, to to uh, uh, create an autonomous uh, system? Uh, it's not actually that much. It's it's not really uh, that you need to rewrite all the systems. That you need to change everything you have. You might to have you know change the mindset. That's the first thing, right? You might to maybe stop thinking about hey, I'll manage everything centrally. You might to start thinking hey, I give more autonomy to the teams. Uh, but you know that's probably one of the biggest gaps in the digital sales we already addressed. So I might want to start thinking about, hey, I sell, how I sell my capabilities digitally. But technically, it's really not that much on the provider side. As a provider, you basically declare what capabilities you have, 
and you register your, your capabilities in some sort of register or registries so consumers can find our capabilities. So it's not really, you know, complete rewrite of what you've been creating in the last 20 years. It's more like some metadata about your systems, about your capabilities and sharing the metadata uh, with, the, with the consumers so consumers can find them and connect. How do you make sure when you, whenever you have this intermediary in a way, there will be registry and, and people will like to know who's actually managing the registry, you know, Mm -hmm. there are organizational uh, issues. So how how would the players in the ecosystem players make sure there's nothing spooky going on, nothing, Mm. nothing fish going on? So there are two, two layers, like with spooky and fish, like one is the security, one is like really good good old IT, you know, or, you know, any, any system, especially distributed system security. That's one thing. And the other is, of course, the company policies and, hey, you should really not be allowing these capabilities getting out or to the other, you know, and managing the access and, and all that. So there are like two two layers of that that you still, you know, might want to uh, monitor. That's, that's, that's for sure. And as for the registries itself, like there might be, you know, registries and I envision, envision the world that there are multiple registries, like, like possibly many, you know, registries within a large enterprise for some departments, for some teams, out of whole enterprise landscape. Like what capability, like that's even that simple question, like what capabilities do we have in our company that we can use digitally? That That's a very difficult question for a lot of, uh, for many of the Fortune 500 companies. Like they simply don't know today, right? So. So you will have these registries all around the place. So it's not like one central registry of the world or anything, but uh, at the different levels of the landscape, you might have these registries. And this is also where um, the governance might be happening, where you might have some bots checking out, hey, what's actually there? Is it legal? Is it it violating policies or not, or or, whatnot? And one last thing I want to mention here is that in the autonomy, of course, you cannot have this intermediary that the communication is going through. The registry there is just for the discovery purposes and maybe for declaring, hey, I want to use the service. Maybe I want to pay for the service or you know, tell the department I'm using their service. And uh, the communication itself then, it's not happening through the intermediary. In the autonomous system, the two components, they use the registry to find themselves just to bump to each other, to declare, hey, I like you, I like you too. But then they talk directly to each other. So it's not going through some, you know, uh, a proxy that might uh, take the data or, or do any stuff like this. So nobody's really making a decision. It's like a UC hand raised and then, you know, what was available and that's how you Correct. kind of matching. Correct. Depends yes. on the, what you're looking for and what, what was registered yeah. as capable. And depends on your business criteria, depending on some non-functional requirements. We already mentioned data production, SLAs, legal stuff, price maybe, and the, the technical as well. Like what is the response time, right? right? Like uh, I really want, consumers to be picking up the providers in the public landscape, not within the enterprise, but maybe even within enterprise that want to, that, that will be picking providers based on the quality of their service, based on the price of their service, 
and not because they have a great parties, you know. I mean, I like parties and I like brands and all this, but, uh, you know, when you pick uh, what, what uh, provider of the capabilities you are after, you should be really picking on, on some other requirements than, uh, or criteria than uh, Google search engine optimization and, uh, and uh, you know, how, how good cocktails they do at the party. I think it's really helpful. Uh, the minute I start picturing that as a sort of like public viewing of the performance of the provider and capability listed and, and me, basically, there are certain metrics and picking certain capability and subscribing to that service. I, I, I think it's just starting to click a little clearer in my head. And I think it also jives with, uh, you know, a lot of what could be hype cycle terminologies like, you know, API-led economy and people are, you know, even I think the pundits declaring that every business will be basically, you know, subscribe service. And a lot of these capability can be, you know, exposed to somehow in, in there and then can be discovered in mm-hmm. sort of no human attended. Now I can see how the flow of a, a service delivery completely different than what we are used to today. Yes. That is an interesting thread. Now, how much work are you um, still doing on this? You know, we cannot solve, and this quote is, I think, uh, attributed to Albert Einstein, but nobody really knows if he said it, but you cannot solve the problem by the thinking that has created the problem, right? So you kind of, and this is like as cliche, it's like it's thinking out of the box, right? Like thinking about, like we need to change people's thinking, hey, you know, okay, we used to have a documentation, we used to have a Google search, we used to have a nice uh, lunches with salespeople. And, you know, this can be done differently. We don't need to write the documentations, we don't need to read the documentations, we don't need to spend weeks programming. We just declare what we want to do or what we have to offer, and the machines will figure it out. And that's a that's a giant, you know, uh, uh, sort of mind step <laughs> for for people to take. So the, I think the biggest challenge I see right now is for people to relate, or for us to to explain this to people that, hey, you know, we we were doing this manually. We were you know connecting. We were you know taking these wires from A to B. And it can be done very, you know, totally like changing the paradigm, really. That's, that's like how to explain, how do you explain this to people and how do you, you know, do it in a nice way. And of course, you need to think about, you know, people need to not be afraid that they will lose their jobs because they no longer have to write this uh, documentation or whatnot. But I really see it as, as, as an opportunity for us to do better things than just you know trying to connect uh, what we should not be connecting by hand. Now, because you are talking to the same audience who has been nurturing and doing a lot of trouble shooting in this, who do you see as an internal kind of scout and champions who who can bring this to a broader, a more impactful audience? So it's the it's like, of course, larger enterprises who have innovators in them or who are in, 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 in the pain of you know, managing many integrations. These, these are, and we are talking to one of the largest manufacturers on this planet, 
uh, and uh, they are basically unable to simply to answer a simple question as what's the status of the thing being manufactured because how vast and complex it is and uh, how many systems they are and they have uh, they are lucky in my eyes because they have internal like innovators who think forward like hey this this simply cannot be handled by hands this, this cannot be handled by you know the status quo we need some radically different approaches so so these innovators that's one thing but then of course this current situation with the with the health crisis and and, and the economy changing and turning more digital is also creating additional pressure on digitalization and what was possible not possible you know before like maybe this will help, you know, this digitalizing the self, right? Because now we simply have to, we have to social distance, we have to, you know, and people start realizing that it's actually possible, but we are need, we are, we need, uh, we need uh, infrastructure, we need systems, we need to maybe start doing things a little bit differently in order to be able to do things digitally that were not possible or think of, thinkable before, right? So that might be also another uncanny, uh, a push towards the, the autonomy and changing the, the, the minds because of what's going on in the world. This probably will be, uh, you know, my last question. But the thing is, may not be the best question, but I want to ask, if you were to sure. see the supply and demand side of this, right, who you think will be more of your fast friends to get this moving because you you know you could have providers registered and get that big push that make it easier for enterprise to slowly get used to the idea it's like having you know a high definition tv when there's no high definition content right because you want to you want to yeah (laughs) exactly so we're assuming um where you think we'll have a you know quicker audience who are listening to this and get things moving Okay, so where where is the pain greater? (laughs) (laughs) Ask me in a year. Hopefully, I'll give you like it was like that. But like now, I can give you just you know my thinking. So uh, of course, we see a lot of consumers uh, asking for you know uh, for for this aggregators for this uh, harmonizers and that they don't want to deal with, uh, with the pain and, uh, and the complexity of integration. So we believe that the autonomous APIs and superfaces is a strong value proposition for them. But then I'm coming from a you know, background where I've been working with the enterprises and I see how costly and slow it is to, to provide the capabilities digitally. So we are going to you know, uh, uh, try it on both sides because I see this, this value proposition has to hit both sides. And uh, we'll, of course, start with one and then uh, tell to another. So yet to be seen, but I think the value proposition is strong, really. And everybody who was ever in some integration game and, and uh, was thinking, oh, this is hard to integrate with that API, oh, and maintaining it, then both parties are actually having some problems there right now, painful problems. And we hope to bring the remedy um, uh, to both of them. So sorry, I cannot give you a better answer than just saying like we'll try both, and and uh, I believe we have proposition for both. I was asking for it, but just know that I'm rooting for you because any opportunity to make consumption simpler, I'm totally for it. In this case, um, it, it's even more exciting because I think there is some innovation behind it that need to support this. 
But I do want to ask you one more question before I let you go so that we get to know you a little bit better. Can you tell me what are top three apps that you use on your mobile device? Yes, of course. Uh, but can you tell me what you think is the most popular and successful API on this planet? <laughs> Because that uh, has to do with my answer, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, Okay, I'm going to take a wild guess. Google Map, one of them? No, it's a worldwide web. It's the <laughs> web. <laughs> it's the web pages. So that, those are essentially APIs. And my number one application definitely is the Safari on my iPhone, right? So browsing the web, that's, that's number one application. Then it is, of course, messages. And you said three. So the third one would be, that's a tough one, probably Instagram. Probably Instagram. But all of them are powered by APIs, right? And uh, especially the, the first one, the, the whole web is actually an API. The technology that we are using today, REST APIs is actually coming from uh, the success of the web. So, you know, one of the most successful API client uh, being the web browser. So that's my number one application. That was splendid. I never had a guest who asked me back to answer that question. And special <laughs> thanks to actually not using any other language other than English to explain, because I know you are capable of, of speaking many technical languages. So that was absolutely brilliant. Thank you, Z. Thank you for having me, Jim. Thank you again to Zdenek Nemec for joining us. You can find out more about Zdenek and Superface at superface.ai. To find out more about Gene and Tentech, visit Tentech.com. Make sure to search for Mobile Interactions Now in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Tentech, thanks for listening.